Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential, along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. From Mansur's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We're inundated with bad news and dire predictions about the state of our nation and our world and here in South Louisiana, the condition of our environment, which is ever more vulnerable to climate change and global warming. Our unhealthy lifestyles are also a problem. We spend too much time in front of screens, now under the control of artificial intelligence, and we eat the wrong foods. But there are signs of hope everywhere that it's not too late. And forward-thinking entrepreneurs are creating businesses specifically designed to address the challenges with the way we build and live and eat. With me today to discuss this is Caitlin Robbins, co-founder and co-owner of Swampfly, an environmental design and consulting firm that specializes in strategic planting design, wildlife gardens, reforestation, green infrastructure, and land management. Swampfly is proudly woman-owned, and Caitlin and her partners are committed to protecting Louisiana's vulnerable ecological communities. Caitlin is the firm's Baton Rouge operations manager, so she's focused here in the capital region, and she's a native of Baton Rouge who got her master's in anthropology from LSU and has a master's degree in public health and tropical medicine. She also is a licensed landscape horticulturist and recently received a certificate in compost training from the LSU Ag Center, which she plans to use to expand Swampfly's capacity to offer full circle sustainable services. Caitlin, this is such an interesting and important important business and interesting business model. So it's great to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Joining me and Caitlin at the table is Dr. Katie Crefassi, owner of Plantry Cafe, a vegan and vegetarian restaurant in the Villas of Bluebonnet Center Shopping Center, just north of I-10. Katie is a physician at the Neuro Medical Center, and she's opening a vegetarian restaurant because it's the kind of place she thought Baton Rouge needed, a restaurant where patrons can enjoy plant-based food in an upscale, contemporary restaurant setting. Katie is a primary care physician with a doctor of osteopathy degree. DOs go to medical school and take the boards just like MDs do, and they practice in hospital and clinics everywhere. But their focus is specifically holistic and looks at the whole person with a unique wellness-centric approach to medical care. Katie is a native of Baton Rouge who has always had an interest in health and wellness. And Dr. Katie Crefassi, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show here today. Thanks for joining us on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. Caitlin, just to start with you now, you all serve residential and commercial clients, but like who is really gonna call Swampfly and say, we need an ecological solution to our, to our, our land, our backyard, our front yard? So at this point in time, the vast majority of our clients are residential clients. A lot of them are located in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, but we also have clients who have larger pieces of land who call us for land management. We'll do controlled burns on their property. We can rid invasives and help encourage natives to come back 
to those large landscapes and create really wild landscapes that will support all different kinds of wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the vast majority of our clients are residential clients in neighborhoods in Baton Rouge and New Orleans. And, and what kind of solutions are they really looking for? Like, I, I would love to hire y'all to do something. <laughs> we would right? love to help you in your landscape. So we offer services from small installations that can help people transition their properties that are already landscaped from the more traditional kind of boxwood hedges to things that incorporate perennial flowers, shrubs. But kind of, I guess, the main focus of what we do is larger scale renovation for people's landscapes. So some of our favorite projects have been when we have been able to completely remove people's front lawns, backyards, (laughs) and replace them with native landscapes. It could be anything from kind of I guess a space that mimics a natural prairie that we have in Louisiana to creating almost an arboretum for some of our clients who just want to showcase an abundance of different native trees and shrubs and understory plantings. It really, there has been so much diversity in our clients and what they want and we really tailor every landscape to fit what their needs are. And that's so interesting. I, I've never even heard of prairie landscapes in Louisiana. So I want you to, you're going to have to tell me about what that is. Okay. That's very interesting. The, the Plantry Cafe, such a really unique idea from a doctor. And obviously you're, you're a doctor, so you're spending your days in a hospital and working with patients. How did you come to the idea of wanting to open a restaurant? I only came to the idea a few years ago. Actually, it wasn't something that was too long in the working. I had always intended to develop an integrative medicine practice, and I still intend to do that. We spend plenty of time talking to patients about their health and eating better, but it would be like not having gyms in Baton Rouge and telling people to exercise. If you don't have lots of restaurants with more than just one clean eating option, Mm -hmm. then it's really chasing your tail trying to get people to do more if essentially they just have to cook more at home and even I don't cook a lunch at home okay, <laughs> so yeah. um, so I really wanted to have a place for people in Baton Rouge that they could go and order anything there and feel good about it and not be too conscientious um, that it was going to uh, hurt their belly um, <laughs> after they cleaned up their plate interesting now are you a vegetarian or a vegan yourself or you just have a lot of plant-based food in your diet? So I would describe it as plant-based. I actually think that last uh, comment, that remark is most accurate. A lot of people have their dietary preferences for different reasons. A lot of times when people are saying vegan, they mean simply no animal products, but Oreos are vegan. There's no animal products in them, but they're not coming from Oreo trees, right? (laughs) Right, So plant-based is truly having from the ground, vegetable-based, not, you know, sugar-laden, unhealthy fat-laden food. Um, And yes, that's the diet that I tend to live by. It's a lot harder to do that in Baton Rouge. So I feel for anybody in this town trying to stay in shape. And I think that the more options you provide people, the more they can feel good about which ways they're going and feel like they have a chance at eating better rather than going to their doctor and knowing they're about to be lectured, but not really knowing how to tackle Mm. that and solve the problem that they know is there. So have you designed the menu for the restaurant or are you partnering with a chef 
say, or restaurant operator? Sure. I've had a lot of inspiration from different chefs who I've met. Um, there's been different chefs in town. There's been travel experiences I've had. I actually haven't lived here in about 20 years. I only came back coincidentally visiting some family right before the pandemic. And then I was looking at California and DC, all these hip places that, you know, you go to, to open a practice that's integrative and the pandemic happened. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to go anywhere now. I'm just going to stay here. And then the pandemic kept lasting. And I thought, okay, well, I might as well take a job here. And then of course, a few years later, here I am, I'm still here. And I thought I might as well just go ahead and open this restaurant down here. This place is going to be great. I understand the people here. I grew up here and know what they like. And I think that we can do a lot of what people enjoy flavor profile wise without having something that is just a salad bar or you know some hole in the wall I want a sit down nice restaurant that people can experience and not have just a certain concept about food excellent and I know the pandemic brought a lot of people outside enjoying their gardens probably a lot of people thinking about their gardens in ways that they never had before y'all really opened in 2021 Caitlin was it pandemic inspired or were you and your partners moving towards towards Swamp Fly before COVID? It was not pandemic uh, inspired. So my partner Ashley had been in the landscaping business for about 10 years prior to us joining each other and creating Swamp Fly. And during that time, while I was working on other things in grad school, having other jobs, I would occasionally help her on maintenances and installs that she was working on. And it had always been something she wanted to pursue was native landscaping. I think in recent years, people's openness to embracing native landscapes is what has changed a lot. Also, we're finding it easier and easier. It's still not easy, but it's getting easier to source native plants locally, Mm -hmm. which has always been a challenge. It's really difficult for people to find those in garden centers. Uh, A lot of our wholesalers don't provide to people who don't have licenses so before we got licensed it was harder for us to do that and once we did that it kind of just that is what catapulted us into being able to 100% focus our business on native landscapes. Now why is it better for the land or for my garden to to plant native plants as opposed to poppies or something that are bright and colorful and aren't what you would typically normally find native to Louisiana? Right. There are so many reasons why native plants offer benefit. For one thing, they have been adapting over millennia to the areas where you would naturally find them. So they're very well suited to our environmental conditions, which makes them inherently low maintenance. They also, you know, they will resist disease better than cultivated nursery plants will that aren't from this area of the world, which is a lot of what is popular here. Um, They support wildlife a lot better than non-native plants do, especially, I mean, if you really get into it, you can hyper-focus on native plants and they will support wildlife in different ways than if you got the same species from another state outside of Louisiana and planted it in Louisiana, it would still suffer a little bit compared to the specific ecotype if you can source that and plant that in your yard. Mm -hmm. They are well suited to our soils. I mean, here in Louisiana, we have really heavy clay soils that are really void of nutrients and people have a hard time gardening without adding a lot of soil amendment, things like non-natural fertilizers, using pesticides and native plants they just 
they don't depend on those amendments to thrive where we are. Yeah. So you're not having the environmental runoff that things like chemical pesticides or chemical fertilizers create in people's gardens. And just what's an example that people would know of, of, of a really pretty native, say, flower that you could put in your garden? Like magnolias? Are those native? or is that Yes, actually we have okay. multiple species of native magnolia trees. We, I mean, dozens of oak species that if you wanted to plant trees, beautyberry is an incredible shrub that I think people, a lot of people are familiar with it, but more often than not, people aren't familiar with it. And when they realize that it's a shrub that's native to our area and they see it and at the peak of its glory, they're like, how have I never seen this before? It's so beautiful and I want to fill my entire landscape with them. And so much of this is about education and it's about making people aware, right, of what's there. And the same thing with healthy and clean eating. And yet it's so hard. Is it something that you work on in your practice? in your medical practice and like really teaching your patients how to eat healthy because people really don't know what it means. They think an iceberg salad is like clean, healthy eating. It's a challenge, I'll tell you, because most of the time people only see a physician when something's wrong. Otherwise they think, well, I don't need to see someone because I'm okay, nothing's hurting me. And there are plenty of conditions like high blood pressure where it's not painful, but you can have a stroke or a heart attack. And so you don't always have some uh, opportunity where you could have educated that patient on maintaining that health and doing all these preventive actions, which is what education is for. Um, And so I think that after launching this restaurant, you know, my next step would be to have an integrative medicine center in Baton Rouge, honestly, and really have something focused for preventive styles, preventive education, um, because especially young people, you know, we're all guilty of that as well, even physicians. Uh, We we won't go and get checked out for anything unless something physically hurts, something seems physically wrong, and even then, we're more likely to ask our colleague and friend, hey, look at this, what do you think? And and that's how we go about it. Uh, But Yes, absolutely. We want to be educating people, but education truly isn't a once a year thing. It is not an every three month thing that an insurance will cover and whatnot. It's something that really takes continuous investment into getting on a track and getting on a plan in order to stay committed uh, for people of any goal, yeah. right? To stay on track and keep going with momentum. And and the Plant Tree Cafe will be one of, a, of the small but growing number of vegetarian and vegan options here in Baton Rouge. I would imagine the more the better. Like competition is probably not a bad thing in your case because the more people are accustomed to this, the more the pool will grow, presumably. I'm hoping to break some stereotypes that I think people who uh, remain in Baton Rouge have about their ideas on what healthy looks like. So, for example, you might have the same scone. One is made of GMO, white, very basic bleached flour, half sugar, half butter. And then another one, we can make it with almond flour. And we can actually now have some healthy fats, some healthy proteins. We can throw some uh, roasted tomato and some thyme in there and some other things that really make it hearty for you. And it's not bad for you. And so traditionally... I don't want to say traditionally, but perhaps so. Uh, conventionally, people might think of a scone as bad for you, but if you make it with different ingredients, it's actually not bad for you. And so really changing that kind of mentality of what's good for me versus, well, how are you making it? And we could probably get some of these flavors that you like and make it something that can still be nutritious for you. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Dr. Katie Crafassi of Plantry Cafe and Caitlin Robin of Swamp Fly. 
And Caitlin, I see just a lot of intersection between the way you also are approaching, you know, educating your clients. And how many people do you all have at Swamp Fly working out there in New Orleans and Baton Rouge and everywhere in between? And so full time, it's the three of us: myself, my partner Ashley, and Emily. Um, aside from that, in New Orleans, we have three part-time crew members, and then we occasionally have people who pick up work with us from time to time. In Baton Rouge, we have currently uh, four part-time crew members. Um, another is on a hike right now. He'll be back Sounds in the wonderful. fall. <laughs> and then we have other people who pick up with us as well. Uh-huh. And where is sort of the intersection between, say, aesthetics and ecological health for your garden or for your yard or your or your property like is is the focus on on what makes the most sense for the land and does something beauty and you know something that looks beautiful factor into that or we really try to factor both of those things in because people still are a little slow to embrace native landscapes and we really want to encourage them to do it more readily one of the things that people are kind of hesitant about is what their neighbors will think. Does this look messy or unkempt? And there is always the potential for certain native plant species to look that way if you let them. But then there are a lot of really wonderful native species that make it easy for us to give someone a streamlined garden design, even while including a lot of diversity in that garden. And we really try to take that into consideration. We don't want to turn anyone off to native plants Mm -hmm. until people can embrace it way more readily than they do it's always a focus and every client that we have has a different style some people really do just want a wild look they're open to whatever it is that we want to give them some people have specific color palettes they want and we try and take that into account as long as we can make it work for them and what makes sense for their landscape but it is possible for us to tailor native plants to have sort of a formal look that people are sometimes looking for, especially if you have an HOA that is kind of breathing down your neck about anything that you want to do on your property. We can make it work, and we do take the time to work with each of our clients to do that, while also really focusing on what their soils are like, what their site conditions are, what the native plants are in the eco-region that we're working in. It's different between Baton Rouge and New Orleans or Laplace, where we sometimes work, or St. Gabriel or Tickfall. Mm -hmm. We have clients all over those areas, and the native plants there are a little bit different. And that strikes me as such a sort of a holistic approach, which is like, the approach that osteopathy takes. And tell us a little bit about osteopathy and how that's different than the what allopathic, mm-hmm. I think, is what the approach that an MD would take. Sure. There are two different tracks if you want to become a medical doctor uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, allopathy, well-respected, very traditional, is sort of the origin or mainstream. And then osteopathy came along, particularly around the time of the early 1900s uh, influenza, where it really started to gain some credence in terms of doing more manipulation on people who had uh, the flu. Um, that's when the, the early pandemic was. And doing even long physical therapy, doing the tapping techniques, doing some of the compressive techniques, doing the respiratory techniques actually increased the rate of recovery and decreased 
reduced your likelihood of death, which is impressive. And <laughs> that's what it's all about, <laughs> right. really, at the end of the day. Uh, and that's where everything started to take off, that instead of only focusing on what can we put in the mouth, put in the vein, um, what kind of other therapies can we do to really get the mechanics of the body functioning as best as you can. And then it also, of course, plays a role in nutrition, that we're not just a walking, talking, robotic thing that just needs a little, you know, DW40 and uh, we can put you back on again, that truly what we're intaking determines largely a lot of the rest of our life. It determines what genes are turned on that are good or bad. Um, And hard for people to believe because it's a very slow process if it doesn't happen immediately it's hard for people to have that sink in that well I didn't die immediately when I ate this so I think it's okay (laughs) but over time these things do have an effect on us and so the more nutrition that we can give people the more that people can exercise the more people can stay mentally active it does affect how our entire body functions and osteopathy uh, does take that holistic approach into account Uh, and there's even subspecialties from there into integrative or functional medicine where you get additional training on therapies for patients who are experiencing certain kinds of issues that you can ramp up through non-pharmaceutical means. So interesting. And it makes so much sense because, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you look at the body, the systems, right, it's all connected. Absolutely. How could it not be connected? Right. But how many times have you been to a doctor and you said, yeah, and this is going on, this is going on. Oh, that's not related. You know, they tell you that Mm -hmm. all the time. So I love that approach. I love that approach. That's great. you know, to Caitlin's uh, regard, the plant tree is mostly organic. So we don't use pesticides on our fruits and vegetables. A lot of people, it's something that we'd like to all just forget about that. Oh, I ordered something. I don't really want to think too much that Roundup was on it, that it's not going to get washed off. And so having good soil content not only is affected by what you spray on it, but the micronutrient content goes down. The healthy bacteria content goes down for the nutrients we were getting previously from our fruits and vegetables isn't the same now as decades ago simply because we're tearing up that soil. And so the more we can really replenish that, the more it affects not just how it looks on the outside and our landscape, but truly the kind of food that we're growing in it. Yeah. And Caitlin, um, how are you all spreading the word about Swamp Fly? As, as you're growing, is, has it been a challenge to market it or... Actually, no. We have had so much luck in that our clients are really excited about the work that we've done for them, and we get so many new inquiries just by word of mouth. We've also been fortunate that I think it's an interest that the general public is really starting to embrace a lot more, and we've had a good bit of free publicity in the past couple of years that has helped get the word out there for us. We haven't had to do much marketing, but we do take every opportunity that we are given to put the word out there coming up I think in either June or July we're going to be um, speaking with the garden club at the Ruzan housing development area and we're going to talk to them about native plants and how they can incorporate those into their yards we table occasionally at events that kind of suit or I guess draw people who would be interested in what we're doing. So Wildlife and Fisheries has their hunting and fishing day every year, and we'll have a booth there and talk to people about what we do. Very good. And, and Katie, the Plantry Cafe, I assume it's, it's already getting buzz, and you've already gotten some good publicity. Um, how are you marketing and getting the word out there? 
Well, in the beginning, I actually don't want to bombard my new staff, quite quite honestly. Uh, so I will be working with a lot of businesses in town. There are a couple of rooms at Plantry. One of them is very well suited for businesses to have semi-private meetings or have gatherings. And Brack has been great about asking me to host maybe some monthly meetings as we come up. I want to have the opportunity for local businesses to have subscriptions where say we bring coffees on Fridays or scones or or something that's nice for whatever they would like that's tailored to their needs. As a medical professional, I constantly have a pharmaceutical representative come in and they typically bring us lunch. Uh, They talk about whatever medication that they're wanting to update us on. And so having these kinds of subscriptions for people in that industry makes sense for them. And say they really only just need a bunch of coffees to bring for breakfast one day or whatnot. Having those recurring orders for people helps the business to maintain itself, not necessarily just by who is dining there, but even people who are offsite. And to that, We'll have meal delivery options for people. So a lot of people, myself included, I've ordered every meal delivery you can think of in the country, every single one. I've tried them. And nothing is the same as getting something from where you are that's local, that doesn't have to go in the shipment container and gets frozen. And I think it makes a difference for people in terms of the quality of what they're getting. So there's a couple of different avenues to help people help us and help them. Um, And so from a marketing standpoint, uh, starting out just with the relationships we have, I think as the mainstay, and then everything else will be, I think, catapulted from there. Well, Dr. Katie Krafasi and Caitlin Robbins, it's inspiring to meet women in the Baton Rouge community, teaching us to live healthier and more in harmony with our natural environment and our built environment and how to eat healthier too. You both are performing real community services and making Baton Rouge a better place to live. So thank y'all both so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you so much. Thank you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Caitlin Robbins of Swamp Fly and Dr. Katie Krafasi of Plantry Cafe. You can find out more about Swamp Fly and Plantry Cafe by going to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. And our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com.
and by the East Baton Rouge Parish School System, inspiring humanity through transformational learning in the classroom and community. Initiatives like Pathways to Bright Futures allow students to graduate high school with an associate degree or an industry-based credential along with their high school diploma. More information at ebrschools.org. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.